and from Gibran. Each thing that exists remains forever, and the very existence of existence is proof of its eternity. But without that realization, which is the knowledge of perfect being, man would never know whether there was existence or non-existence. If eternal existence is altered, then it must become more beautiful, and if it disappears, it must return with more sublime image, and if it sleeps, it must dream of a better awakening, for it is ever greater upon its rebirth. So are you going to start? Do you want me to? I don't know. Do you? Hmm? Do you know? No. I'm doing something different here today. Well, I feel the energy. I just don't know where to go. Well, just start. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> be interesting one to get going here. It's just a fun process on a personal level, dealing just even with my own personality. And if anything, isn't that always a good place to start for any of us? Dealing with our own personalities and all the things that go on that may get in the way of spirit, no matter how hard we're striving or going for it. A couple hours ago, before we even came to the class, all of a sudden this energy started kicking up inside of me. And I'm still looking. I don't even know what it is. But it's interesting because I always experience these things as an internal pressure that literally just pushes up against myself. And when that happens, I find it challenging at times to really stay focused on spirit or, shall I say, to relax into the peace of spirit. Because I'm aware of spirit right now, but yet at the same time I feel this pressure just pushing inside. And so as I've learned over the years, is just to be with it, to love it, to accept it, to forgive it, to observe it. And I was doing all that even in my meditation, but nothing happened. It didn't change. It didn't go anywhere. I didn't have any awareness. So what the heck's going on, right? That's the process. Even when we stay focused on spirit, that often we look for the release, for the forgiveness, for the freeing up of those challenges we experience inside of ourselves and sometimes we feel like are, are we falling short or is spirit falling short are we doing something wrong is god really not there for me in this process but yet i feel all this going on and then i go oh my god am i really being aware of spirit or is it some psychic level stuff or what energetically is going on and it can literally push on us where we can even begin to feel dizzy or nauseous. You know, something tightening up in the gut or the head spinning a little bit. And so a little bit of all that's going on for me has been the last couple hours. And I find myself in that mode. Sometimes I just need to sit down. Some of you who were here before we started noticed I probably sat down rather than standing up for talking because there's a part of me a little dizzy with whatever that is energetically. So if anything, I've learned when things go on just to take care of the body, to let it rest when it needs rest, to sit down, 
to do what I need to do to keep my equilibrium or balance. And at the same time, to keep moving forward, to not let it stop me. Because even on the when we were at the house before coming to the center here, Jimmy was even asking me, am I going to be doing class today on my own? You need, you need a break or rest? And I'm like, you know, I don't. Because spiritually, I don't. I know it's there, so I'm just going to keep moving forward. Now, if I really needed a break, I usually have the inner knowing, like, yes, I'm going to rest and stay home and take care of myself. But today, for whatever reason, that's not the case. It's called show up, keep moving forward, see how things unfold. Even if you don't know what it's going to be, even if you don't even know what the sharing is. I mean, even right now, I still, usually before beginning, start to get some information and start the process of sharing. But today, it's just very different. And so I'm just starting by sharing of my personal experience because I know that's really all any of us can do. And if anything, I've learned over the years that as I am able to make myself vulnerable and be open and honest and sharing with myself, first of all, but then with those around me, is how I keep that door open to spirit to allow that greater action of grace to unfold and how I keep myself always centered and focused. That whole phrase we hear Jim say over and over, God first and God only. So even in the midst of chaos or feeling uh, out of balance, still keeping my eyes on God, no matter what, in other words. And that's the interesting thing. For myself and Jim, especially I know up here in front of a group in a classroom or when we do a workshop or retreat, there's always that place of being personally vulnerable to really open, looking to God first and God only, regardless of our own personal process or other people's personal processes. Because we all have expectations or fears or judgments or wants or needs. And it's so easy to put that out on other people and expect something, especially if we look to somebody we call a spiritual teacher or a parent or a guardian or a close friend, or a mate, a spouse. Don't we all do that? So I realize a lot of that is just looking at my own expectations. What are expectations I have on myself? Because that's the funny thing I've learned over the years, is that often those expectations I may have on people or in the world around me are really coming from, well, first of all, they are coming from within me. And then I begin to look and realize, are these really expectations maybe I have on myself that I find myself at times projecting out onto the world, out onto other people, looking for others or something in the world to give to me that I may be lacking within myself, that I feel unfulfilled or something's missing. How can I fulfill that? How can I put something in that place that seems empty or lacking that I'm searching for, but often don't even know what it is. So sometimes I'll try to fill it with food, sweets for me. Sometimes I'll fill it with activities, doing something, thinking maybe that'll answer it. No matter what the activity is, going to a movie, exercising, getting together with friends, going to work, whatever it may be. And sometimes just doing something does help move the energy, and then it seems to pass. 
But at other times, I find myself trying different things, and it doesn't seem to pass. It just seems to stay there. And at some point or other, I find myself giving up. In other words, what? Stop trying to figure it out. What's the lesson here? What am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to learn something here? Because I've been asking inside, going inside, LAF, love, accept, forgive, asking what the lesson is here. You know, all these things we've talked about over the years, but yet it seems blank at times. Ever feel like that? Kind of left in a quandary? What do I do now? What do I do with my life? Where do I go from here? Am I even making any spiritual progress? And then we wonder, well, what is spiritual progress? Am I still on the astral realm? Am I in the causal realm now? Did I make it through the mental? Did I make it to the soul realm? I saw a golden light. Am I at the soul realm now? Anybody here question themselves like that? Never show up? It's just interesting. All these things that go through our minds, through our bodies, through our feelings, our imagination. All these different levels we're always dealing with. Yet, it's so simple when all we do is hold our focus on spirit. Just bring our attention up to the seat of the soul, above the eyebrows, the top of the head here. We all know what that is. We know what it feels like. We know what it looks like. We know what it sounds like. Those of us who've been practicing the meditation we teach here, we know what that is. We know in truth that's all we need to do. But can we stay there long enough? Are we patient enough to just hold our focus until all these other levels just release or let go or somehow we move beyond them? I mean, I really wonder sometimes, how much work do we really need to be doing? Or is the work really just holding our attention on God? And the longer we can hold our attention there, that this other stuff just passes. We just move through it because we're holding our attention on God. Because we're not trying to figure things out. Because... We're not doing something with all these thoughts, feelings, imaginations, and physical body experiences. But no matter what it is going on, we simply keep holding our attention on God. And as we do, then life just seems to unfold. Life just goes by. We have the experiences we have. Maybe not even knowing or understanding why we're having them. What the, what's the karma here? But we're just living life. Is anything wrong with that? Anything wrong with just living life, not having to figure out the meaning or the purpose in it all? Because maybe just in living life itself, in having the experience, is the purpose. Hmm. Do you mean if I just live my life Regardless of what's going on, that's all there, there is to do. And so what's the meaning of life then? Maybe the meaning of life is simply to experience life. And then our purpose is fulfilled. My purpose. I thought I had a special purpose, a special 
thing to do in the world, to be somebody, to do something, to change the world, or at least a little part of it. Are you saying that's not true? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. In the long run, how much difference does it make? Well, we won't know until we've done the long run. What is the long run, by the way? How long is this run, this pathway? We're running now instead of walking the spiritual pathway. I'd like to run because maybe it'll get over quicker then. And then, of course, when things are good in life, we usually want to slow down, right? Take it easy. Let me enjoy things at a more leisurely pace because I'm liking what's going on in my life right now. And you know what? This physical world's not so bad after all. Just a month ago, I was saying, this is hell. I want to get the heck out of here. And now it's all right. Maybe we're all bipolar. We're all positive, negative. We all, bi we all are bipolar, aren't we? That's what this world is. It's a bipolar world. North Pole, South Pole. Positive, negative, good, bad. It is kind of funny. It's just so funny because I found myself over the years joking around even more and more about all this. At times, even in the sharing here in classes, there's a personal part of me that I wish I could share more profound, deep things about all the realms and the levels within the realms and all these little secret teachings. And you know, over the years, we've actually covered a lot of that. And we seem to talk a little less about all that than what we used to. If you're like me, maybe you found yourself, when we would go into all the details, getting caught up in the details, where the mind gets so engaged, and then it has more questions, and then we start becoming more focused into the mind, rather than just living the Spirit holding our attention on God and loving God and just allowing that loving to unfold us, no matter what realm we find ourselves on, whether we're in the body and we haven't even gotten to the astral realm yet or whether we're beyond the soul realm into the realms of spirit. I know we want to know where we are, where we've woken up to. But what if all we really have to do is just loving? What if it's no different on any realm of creation, that it's all the same, that it's just doing loving, being loving, experiencing loving? What if it's really like that, even in this physical body, even in the astral body, even in the causal body, even in the mental body, even in the etheric body, even in the soul body, and even in the oneness. Well, guess what? It is like that in every realm because loving is loving regardless of which realm of consciousness we're finding ourselves present in at any given time. Because ultimately, loving 
is out of time. There is no time in loving. Loving is the eternal moment. Even if you find yourself in the loving in time, it is not an element of time. No bipolar there. Just oneness. Just the oneness, the centered way, the peaceful way. The straight and the narrow. So, I often find myself in funny places these days. Strange positions, it seems, at times. But yet, life continues to go on. We all continue to move forward. Just try stopping moving forward. What is that joke? Stop the world, I want to get off. Where would you go then? What are you going to do then? God's big joke. That's the funny thing. It really is a big joke. The problem is we don't get the joke. So God's so busy explaining the joke to us. And you know how that is. If we have to have it explained to us, we missed it, right? Well, the jokes keep coming around. Thank God for that. And eventually we get it. And often we get it in parts. We'll get a little bit here. We'll get a little bit there. Until we realize maybe we're the joke. The joke's on us. Because the day we can have a good laugh at ourselves is the day we're living the freedom of the soul. And until we can laugh at ourselves, we're still caught up in the polarity of the world. Because in that polarity, there's a seriousness, a rigidity, a right and a wrong. And that's what keeps us entrapped. But the day we can laugh, we set ourselves free, take ourselves out of the trap, out of the polarity. And once we get a taste of that, we become aware of that freedom that comes with that laughter. We begin, begin to know more of what that is. And then we begin to pay attention to the things that we do within ourselves to create that state of laughter or that state of freedom that comes with the laughter. Because that's really what the laughter is about. And I'm using the word laughter as in ha-ha, laugh, and L-A-F, loving, accept, forgive. Laughter. In both ways, because they often are both the same sign of freedom. But it has to be a sincere, true laugh in order to experience the greater freedom of spirit that is behind that. We know what that is. We know when we're faking a laugh or somebody else is faking a laugh. We often know what it feels like or how it even sounds different than when it's a real laugh. One from a place of authenticity. We know these things. We all know these things within ourselves. It's just, do we give them enough attention? 
Do we pay enough attention and then follow and honor that inner truth that we know? Or do we go, oh yeah, there it is, and then we just turn away from it and go back to doing what we were doing, trying to please the world, trying to fit in, trying to be like everybody else so we feel special and important because if we're different, they make fun of us and they kick us out. Am I talking to any inner child right now? Isn't that often the case? I mean, even as kids. Kids can be so cruel. It's amazing, especially in elementary school, all the name-calling and insults that go on. I think as we grow up more, we just learn how to do it in more sly ways. I can't say appropriate. Politically decisive ways, maybe, I could say. Whereas little kids, we just, we don't have those learned behaviors, so we just let it fly. Coming from more of that emotional reactive state, the animal nature. But yet, the animal nature can be so hurtful, at the same time, so innocent and playful. And that is the animal nature. And that's always something to pay attention to. Because even on his pathway, it's often spoken, become like little children. That innocence, that playfulness. But there is that other part, the negative nature, that it would often cause pain and separation that can also get in the way if we allow it. I mean, do we always follow what little children say or do? No, we don't, do we? Because we know some of the things they say or do are not necessarily conducive to one's well-being, depending on that place inside from which it is coming. Because in this world, it is positive or negative, and that is what the animal nature is. But yet, spirit allows it. And in that, there's an honoring that through that childlike nature, that through the innocence of the purity, there can be the place in which the spirit can move. And so it is with this physical body. This body, this physical consciousness is of the animal nature. But yet within it, is a place in which spirit can move that we can awaken and come to know that divine light of God in and through this physical body, this animal body. There is that doorway, that spiritual doorway that exists in this physical body we've been given. In order to walk to that door, we need to move into a place of loving, acceptance, forgiveness. It's a place of, a place of openness and vulnerability because we have to be open to allow that greater movement of spirit. The door is open, but that's us who opens the door by our choices.
And often it's hard to open the door when we find ourselves caught up in the animal nature and reaction because we're disturbed or hurt because of something somebody's done or as we get older, it wasn't necessarily a malicious act, but we remember as a child the pain and somebody does something in the world around us and automatically we go into reaction and we don't even know what the reaction is at this point because it's been so many years since we had the conscious experience that now it runs unconsciously within us. So now I'm touching back into where I started. Sometimes these things that go on and we don't even know what they are, but we feel the reactions, the pressures, the pains or separations within ourselves. And these do go on. So often we may not know what is disturbing us, why we're in reaction, why we're feeling out of balance. But yet all we need to do is keep that door open to spirit because it is through the loving that it will bring peace and balance to that which is disturbed and out of balance. And then if we need to come to know what was out of balance or what brought us there, that will come afterwards or maybe even during the process. But often as, as we walk through the experience that the greater understanding comes, if it even needs to. Because some of these unconscious reactions that go on within us, and most of them often go on within the stomach, if you've noticed, Sometimes the other areas, like the heart chakra, the throat, or up in the head. But a lot of that animal nature we'll often find in the stomach area. But just like any child, or even animal for that matter, when it is nurtured and loved, it brings peace. And so as we keep the door open, the spirit that spirit nurtures and loves who we are, even that animal part of us, that childlike part. And even those areas which run us unconsciously, habitually, for the darndest we just can't figure it out, even those areas as we meditate upon that Spirit of God, we allow that loving in that will bring peace to the disturbed, that part of us. That's all we need to do is not figure things out, but rather allow the loving to work things out, to live the loving and allow life to unfold. There is a natural course to it. So we don't need to fight it, to force it, to make it happen. Because often in doing that, it is just the personality and ego trying to change that which is 
but rather just allow things to be the way they are with no judgment, no expectation, no fear or desire or need. And then, as we hold ourselves in that place, that state of neutrality, then the unconditional spirit of loving can now live in us and through us and as us. And in that, we begin to find the greater freedom of the soul. And in that, in that way of living, is how we wake up and come to know that truth of the divine. So fun how that happens. I guess it's your turn. <laughs> While Brian was talking, I was watching a lot of energy move in and around him and, and around the room. And a lot of it was around the elements of time and space and how easy it is for us to get caught up in these qualities of energy, these qualities of life experience at these levels, of how often we get caught up in both and have both run our lives. And as I was looking at it, I realized that we chose into this experience for a reason. And time and space are a wonderful part of life experience in these creations. They are a stressful experience. They are an exuberating experience. They are so many different things. But time and space is what we came here to move in and through to have experience in. And so if we can begin to allow ourselves to look at these two elements in our lives, we can begin to see maybe how we can take charge over this creation in a different way. Up to now, you may have found that time has really run your life since you move through your teens and into your adulthood, and you find that time is really an element that runs you, that controls you. You go to bed at a certain time, you get up at a certain time, you have to be at work at a certain time, you eat at a certain time. You live by the clock. You live by this element of time. And the same is true in space. We occupy a certain space in this creation as soul and as body. And as we occupy a certain space, we also are sharing that space with others. And it's learning to live within the space that we do occupy, but also in that quality of sharing our space with others and learning to be in the action of them sharing their space with us, if they wish. And in that process, oftentimes, we lose sight of how to set boundaries for ourselves and allow others to have boundaries for themselves. 
And so life is about learning how to live in time, but not let time control us, but also learning how to live in space, but to hold to certain boundaries for ourselves so that we truly can identify who we are in this space. Who am I? If we live without boundaries, we're not sure who we are. And we can begin to lose sight very quickly of our own intention, our own desire, our own direction, our own truth. Because without boundaries, we'll be wishy-washy and go back and forth and go, well, that's right. Well, no, they're right. Well, no, I'm right. Well, what's right? And we'll lose sight of what's right for us because we're so caught up in everybody's concept of everybody's truth. And so in space, it is good to have boundaries for ourselves so that we know where we begin and end. We know what is our truth. And in that then, we can begin to respect other people's boundaries and allow them to have their truth as well. It may not be the same as ours, but that's okay. If we truly have a clear definition in space of who we are, of the space that we are holding and how we are filling that space up with ourselves. And in time, it's learning not to let that element of this creation run us, control us, limitless, limit us, and define us. But rather, for us to begin to take charge over time. And just as we set boundaries for ourselves in space, we also began to set a different kind of boundary within the element of time in this creation. And that is, we began to define for ourselves how we are going to use time for our benefit, rather than letting time run us for its benefit. And what would that be? What would it be that time would run us in such a way to serve time? It's to distract us, to keep us busy in the world and focused into the world so that we remain here for as long as we can as soul, incarnating again and again into the elements of time and space, into these different realms of time and space, 